How are you living these days, man? I know you got surgery tomorrow. Yeah, I'm having surgery in the morning. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna pass. Once we finish this, I'm gonna pass the fuck out and get that done. I know what the next two days are gonna be very, very unpleasant. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to that. But just, I mean, I'm mentally ready. I'm just, uh, I, I've had more issues with our beautiful healthcare system. They told me my surgery date super late, like I learned late last week. But you have to get a corona test before you can have surgery. I couldn't see a doctor to get a Crohn test until yesterday. And yesterday they told me my results won't be in for four days. So I'm just going to see what happens in the morning. Oh, man. (laughs) God damn. Yeah. Yeah. This shit is a joke, man. The roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker. Burn. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker, burn! How are you, man? How are you doing? Man, I'm just, you know what? I have been in this, like, spiral of just watching, like, two news feeds at once and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Or just completely divorcing myself and escaping into Ninja Turtles and Dungeons and Dragons. Like, that's, it's just been off and on switch for me. Yeah. I'm having some trouble sleeping because I'm staying up way too late, glued to yeah. the TV set. Uh, watching all these protests. So, you want to start there since we brought it yeah, up? Yeah, no, let's hit, let's hit. That's so. Just so our audience knows, the two stonies are back. It's your boys. It's Joe and Jorge. Uh, Roy was supposed to be here tonight. His the uh, the Denver protests went by his house, and um, the they gassed his street. I don't want to tell too much of his thunder, but I don't know when we're gonna have that chance to get Roy back on. So, shouts yeah, to Roy man. the Automator, Roy the Boy, Roy the Toy, Roy the Glory, Roy the Joy. That. <laughs> The gas leaked into his house, and he got gassed, even though he was just sort of like a bystander. And I never thought about that. Like, they're gassing mm-hmm. that whole street. They're gassing everybody in the in the street, not just people in the street, but people in the houses, which just goes to show how fucking bad police have become at their fucking jobs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, complete disregard for the well-being of the people they're paid to protect is par for the course for police officers. So yeah. just throwing gas in the streets and not giving a shit about disrupting the people in their homes seems like, you know, that seems right on brand for police officers. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck it, let the firefighters deal with that. <laughs> I can't, you know what, man, there was the other, uh, one of the, uh, this is one point, man, you've heard people say shit like this, like what era would you be born in if you could pick which era to be born in, right? I always said the 60s. Because mm-hmm. I love the energy of the 60s, as you know. A famous mm-hmm. 60s fan over here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm fucking watching on two screens. I have one screen I'm watching police cars burn. And a part of me is like, 
we don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn, right? And then on the other screen, I got SpaceX going to going to space and being like, man, humanity can do fucking anything. And I'm like, fuck, it is the 60s all over yeah, again. Uh, it is. Like, so my premise for you is, has reboot culture finally gone too far? <laughs> this is like the natural end of the nostalgia, like our nostalgia problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, man, like, Especially because we grow up in such a boomer culture, you know what I mean? Like the whole right. what was what was before this was okay, boomer was us telling them to fuck off, and uh, now we're like literally living there, reliving what they experienced. Uh, it's 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 weird. It's it's it just shows it just goes to show how much lessons we didn't learn after '68, because right. because like we've talked about this, my era that I would choose is the '70s. Because I want that optimism that came post-68, you know? Like, for black culture, like, for me in black culture, like, early 70s is like, man, all right, now is the time, like, we can make our, like, you know, like, there's, there's hope until Reagan ends it. So maybe we have that coming. Like, there's hope and maybe Reagan, do- a new Reagan doesn't come in and fuck it up again. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I once went to a lecture from a, a black historian. Yeah. And he had an argument similar to yours. He said that... Um, People think of the the sort of like like the energy of black power dying in the 70s because certain figures got assassinated by the police mm-hmm. or were exiled. But he said, actually, if you really trace it, and he actually uses Mickey Leland a lot uh, mm-hmm. in his uh, in his presentations. If you really trace it, it kind of dies in the 80s, not just because of Reaganomics, but because black communities got just enough success to be satisfied for a little while. Mm-hmm. And the activist energy dissipated. That was his mm-hmm. argument. Like it's like a, it wasn't a so much a black middle class argument as it was a sort of like political enfranchisement. Like they sort of like felt like. It was like the '80s. Everybody in the '80s was sort of accumulating, and and like instead of like, sort of like challenging these structures, they sort of became satisfied with what they were able to glean from it. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. I yeah. don't know enough about that era of Black history. You know me, I'm more '50s and '60s, but it was mm-hmm. a compelling argument. Well, because it's 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 the era my my parents grew up in. You know, so like. that's why I know so much about it because like my parents talked about it so much because it's what they grew up in. They were both born in the late fifties. So like their coming of age was in the seventies and then they were adults in the eighties, you know? Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. You know, so for like, that's how, like my knowledge of it is from hearing my dad and my uncles talk uh, about what it was like for them. And then when I'm me growing up in the eighties, because I was born early eighties. So I remember a lot of the eighties, if I don't know, I'd like it felt like the trajectory of my family was like what was happening to the black community. Like in the 80s, we were very established middle class black people. We rented a home. We had a, rented a two bedroom home. Me and my sister shared a room. We were kids. But my mom had a well paying job. Uh, she was the secretary to the CEO at a construction company, at a major construction company. And my dad was a glazer doing uh, skyscraper window installations. And they were both making really good money. And then the recession hit and they both lost these really two good jobs. They recovered, but it kind of just like like everything sort of fell apart, like financially uh, for them. And so, like, that's what happened to a lot of black people in that time. Right. Uh, right, right. Like, it's really like it really like that. The beginning of the 80s felt like there was enough to go around. Like the trickle trickle down economics really did work. Uh, And then you you, you (laughs) can see that idea. Like you could see someone selling that. 
right? Yes, and it yeah. and it worked, and then the suckers bought it. We all bought it because it's like, yeah, no, shit's pretty good right now, until it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is which, it also feels like we're at the beginning of that right now, where we 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 have all these other things, but we also have a, a recession that we're not ready for. Like it's begun. Yeah. "Quote unquote," but we don't know how. We don't know if this is going to be worse than 2008, because so far everything shows us that this will be, this this will be worse than the Great Depression, and 2008 was worse than the Great Depression, uh, and this is going to be worse than 2008 potentially. Wow. Yeah. 2020 needs to fucking chill out, bro. <laughs> Yes, For real, yes. man. Yeah. Remember how optimistic we all were? There's a part of me that's like, well, first of all, I have two thoughts. First, mm-hmm. to go back to your to your story, I what I what it struck me as you were saying that is how kind of cool it is that you had people in your life that have been through that era, right? Because mm-hmm. I've only read about it. I'm an my parents are immigrants, so mm-hmm. they got here in the 70s and they were just sort of in Latino enclaves, mm-hmm. and. They're sort of weirdly bubbled off that way because back then uh, there just wasn't much interaction between Latino communities and other people, especially because of the language barrier, right? When you live in a little enclave, you never, you know, you're not sort of ever forced to learn English. Like my parents both got along fine just in Spanish because there's enough Spanish people that you could just do business there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, early 80s Heights was like that, right? And but we don't have that sort of historical memory your family has. To us, the America starts in the 80s, mm-hmm. right? For us, yeah. there's we don't have no. We read about what happened to everybody else because we're so mm-hmm. new here. Uh, and so it's just I guess thought that was just super cool that you have yeah. that. And I don't have I, that's just so I was uh, jealous there for a second. And two, I think it's so perfect that this all is happening in 2020 because. I, I'm a lick ass. I'm looking for metaphors, man. But 2020 vision, man. We're really seeing this shit for what it is, man. We're seeing, the, we're seeing, we're seeing how the sausage gets made right now, man. We it's, are, but I'm, I'm kind of punch drunk from, from all of it. <laughs> dude, me too, man. Me too. And it's, I got to deal with it at work because I'm at an institution of learning, and mm-hmm. they're not really that because they're actually a business, and they're gonna force everybody back to work. Those are gonna be just spikes waiting to happen, man. Mm-hmm. It's gonna suck. So you, and you think they're gonna make they're gonna make people do it in person? I think so. I think they're gonna yeah. try. I think they're gonna try. I think they're gonna convince themselves that they've mitigated everything as much as they can, and they're being careful. They'll have enough liability waivers that so if somebody dies, they can't say, "Well, you can't prove you got it here." Yeah. And that's the real reason they're gonna do it because they'll they'll get some kind of like they they would not dare if they weren't protected against some kind of workman's comp. They're obviously not going to tell us that, no. but that. They obviously know that they are, or they wouldn't do it. So, okay, is it is it strictly because if they do a full straight, just an online model, they can't really get the revenue from that? Like, they can't right. justify the revenue. Most of it's the money, really... most of the money comes from them living there, right? Okay. Rent, yeah. They pay. They pay rent. They buy mm-hmm. food. They pay for parking. It's like a mini city, but you, instead of uh, taxes, mm-hmm. it's the hierarchy of the school that keeps the money right it's yeah. it's these are like mini cities basically yeah. you never leave it mm-hmm. uh some places are even starting to do their own in-house versions of things like uber eats so they can get that money too that's cool that money yeah, yeah. Like, tuition is high but that's not even like the thing you're really paying for you're really paying to live there 
Wow. And so all your they're they're raking in money on utilities, they're raking in money on rent, laundry, food, parking, uh, all those kinds of incidentals. The money to live, all the money mm-hmm. you do to live, yeah, goes to them or lo- yeah. a substantial amount of it, right? No. Uh, and they even have like a pub for after hours, uh, like certain nights of the week for seniors. So they're getting those dollars too. And they miss that fucking money. So they're going to try to open. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a small preview of what's, uh, what many States have, uh, it's a preview of the future for a lot of States, a lot of States. And like to bring this back to the protests, um, as we, as the police, declared war on uh it's their citizens uh I'll, and we talk about so defund the police is the big rally cry right uh that's gaining steam we should uh, talk about what that really means though I think yeah a what lot it really means and so i've i've read different things so uh one one way i've read it is it's taking the money that's allocated for the police department and spreading out spreading it out to resources so it's better allocated. So when you call this number, you're going to get someone who can help you better than the police officer. Right. Because when you look at it both ways, even if you want to get like when you look, give a sympathetic eye to the cops, they're called to do things that they are not trained or prepared to do. And this would help cops in a way by getting those things off their plate. It would also help citizens by not putting them in escalated situations with people who are trained to help them. I, I, that's one version I've heard. Yeah. It's the one I'm the most suspicious of mm-hmm. because it feels like that could very easily turn into rebranded police. Mm-hmm. I, like, like Joe Biden's fucking shit plan. I want to talk about Joe Biden here at some point. Yeah. Joe Biden's shit ass plan to, um, give the police give more the, money, <laughs> give the police more money. Like that's, I feel like moving the money around and calling it something else. It, it, I don't, I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. And, because it just feels like the typical sort of corporate rebranding, call it something else. Now they're not the police. Now they're like what Andrew Yang's terrible idea called rebrand them and call them guardians. Yeah. Like no. first of all, those are the villains from fucking Handmaid's Tale. So read a fucking book or watch a TV show. Yeah, you have to read the book. You just watch it or. <laughs> Yeah, just watch a TV show or go to the AV Club once and read a review. <laughs> right, right, right. Just check Twitter sometimes. Yeah. You know? When people are live tweeting, oh, shit. No, I, yeah. just, I never thought I'd say this, but try to stay current on memes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, come on, Andrew Yang. So I'm really worried about that. How What I've seen, other versions of that, is reallocating. Like, this is the one that's on the table here in Worcester is just their next budgetary increase is canceled and reallocated to other underserved sectors. And when you, and I never did this, and this is what's sort of amazing to me and where I'm sort of like, why did I ever think to do this? And I always go back to be, I'm a cynical Gen Xer and I'm like, I never even think to follow up on my assertions about the world. Right. Because I'm just ironic yeah. and, and detached and frustrated and self easily satisfied with smugness, you know? At least that's how I've been trained. That's how I've been conditioned to be, if, yeah. if nothing else. If nothing else. But going and actually looking at budgets <laughs> and like look at how much money, mm-hmm. like the NYPD's yearly budget is six billion dollars. Why do you need six billion dollars for cars and pistols? You're just fucking running around, like. And then you see what it is. It's all going to all these fancy fucking toys because it's this fucking stupid ass 
toxically masculine boys club over there and they're just having fun and being rowdy and part of it is almost like soldiers we've told them their whole lives this is honorable work and then they find out what it is and they think i can have fun and be a bully and it somehow is honorable so i had some sympathy for the poor choice you have made because on some level you have been culturally tricked into it with that being said you're an asshole now and if you won't stop fuck you no. take their money and give it to teachers social workers which are always historically super underfunded mm-hmm. like that's where that that's the one i could get behind immediately it's just hit them in their bank accounts and keep doing it mm-hmm. like set goals like if you're not making like if you have this many reports of police brutality like and we're counting every single one that's made you lose five percent of your operating budget that year and they're gonna go keep going until you fucking get your act together and you get stay behind below whatever threshold will set then here's you can keep that amount of money and now we can talk about giving you back some more money but you it's gone as soon as you is it's gone as soon as you yeah. fucking slip back under those numbers and we motivate them financially like the big the big thing about them has always been like quotas 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 let's do what's the opposite of a quota like incentivize low numbers yeah it's, and punish by punishing bad numbers. Yeah. I, I mean, so much of what actual police work is, is generating revenue for the city. Yeah. A fundamental, like, I agree that we have to fundamentally change what police work is. Like, I work in Stafford, Texas. Legit, Stafford, the city of Stafford, makes all of its money from tickets. Our parking lot at my job, we get at least 12 people pulled over. I'm talking, like, before noon. And it's just like, oh, you didn't signal. Oh, you rolled through that stop sign. I'm talking about a stop sign in a parking lot. Like it's legit just to generate revenue. A lot of a lot of what police work is, and that's what the city like. That's what the cities want is just to generate revenue. That's what police work is, and I think attacking that is one of the things. Like, oh, gotta 100%. attack that. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's so much predatory policing in that mm-hmm. sense, mm-hmm. and it has to stop. And actually, that's what I'm like. This band of police. What does that really mean? And to me, it means disbanding just basically beat cops. Like we, mm-hmm. they, they're clearly not serving their function. No. People want to talk about like murderers and rapists, man. Those detectives do that. Mm-hmm. Cops don't stop those things. They find who did it and then they punish them. Like they, unless you're there when it happens, you're not stopping crime. Like that's a, a logical absurdity. Right. Yeah. I also don't buy the the idea that if you just if he's just standing there, somehow he magically prevents crime because you can just wait for him to fucking leave. Like, give me a break. Like, unless there's a cop at every corner 24 hours, that shit doesn't stop anybody mm-hmm. because I'll just wait for him to fucking leave. Right. Mm-hmm. So or or I'll just get him in on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. I see four episodes of Ozark. I know how this goes. <laughs> Here's my solution to the sort of financial problem, which, first of all, it's it's a fucking it's predatory practices, right? Because they can be selective of who they give tickets to. 
Mm-hmm. It's just human nature. They just can't. So how do you get rid of it? You just automate it all. Like, I hate that this is happening, but, like, if we have to accept an Orwellian state to keep an eye on the cops, then fuck it. <laughs> like, just put speed cameras everywhere. Invest in those. Get rid of all the cops. Because that sort of thing that you just described about, like, their money generators. But then they keep all the money for themselves. So either they become, like, this little mini mafia where they're just, mm-hmm. like, a construction site um, scam where you're just running up costs and pocketing the money. Basically, but, I mean, it, but it's also it's bigger than that because um, and it's a feedback loop is what I'm saying. It's a it's a feedback loop, but it's also um, these are it's it is, but it's really a way to keep rich people to have their money because rich people don't pay taxes. So right. the city and the state has to generate revenue in other ways so rich people can keep their money. Oh, yeah. uh, and the easiest way to do that is to generate money by taxing the poor with traffic tickets and bail yep. and yep. warrants and things like that. Like it's this is all a part of that problem. Oh, this sure. is we, this is all we, a part of that. We can't talk about all of this correctly. There's so many things you have to include because this yeah. is such a intricate problem, right? Because America, America's portraits can always be understood in the context of both race and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could i would say i would say also probably gender but not as big i would argue as race and capitalism Mm -hmm. um in terms of in terms of structures right Mm -hmm. i think being of the wrong gender locks you out of the structures i think if you're a person of of the lower working class which of course are often women Mm -hmm. and the lower you go the harder it is because you're a woman but i think they're designed around a notions of I think they're designed around notions of capital and race is tied to capital. Gender is not tied to capital as a form of capital, the way that race is. So if you're the wrong gender, you suffer most in this structure. If you're a particular race, that structure is, is created that way because of you. Mm-hmm. you know? And in that sense, the whole thing you just said about those tickets is for capitalism to function, you can't have um, full employment, Right. Because if you have full employment, the labor now controls the price of their of their good, right? Mm-hmm. The way you suppress price, the way you suppress the price is by flooding the market with quantity. So supply it always outpaces demand. So you have to have unemployed. You'll never get zero unemployment, no. right? Because capitalism would not function with it. The whole system would collapse. Some people have to lose, and they can become the, the what they call the lumpen proletariat, right? The sort of black market people, mm-hmm. that the sort of day labor, the sort of the your 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 migrant worker, your sex worker, your drug dealer, right? Because we all fucking buy drugs like crazy, and we still punish drug dealing. It's fucking crazy. Pick a side, right? And we all know that this proportionally affects people of color by design. And if you're a woman, you're even more fucked off because you don't even have male privilege, right? And that, then that happens is the police then function as a force that enforces those barriers. So they, so they basically become economic stock. And now we have the added problem of private prisons where now those also become neo-slaves. Mm-hmm. And of course, black people and brown people are the ones most affected by it. Mhm. Yeah. That's yeah, that's exactly it. And that's and it's it's why so many people are mad. It's why people are out on the streets. It 
it feels like it's dying down, but it only feels like it's dying down because I don't think the media is is showing it now, now that they've lost the looting narrative. Now it's just peaceful protest and the co- and like the cops have stopped agitating the crowds for the most part. Like there's still some some of it. Seattle, real bad. Seattle yeah, pretty bad. Uh, but Seattle's on the West Coast. So yeah. most news is based on the East Coast. So they can just kind of ignore it because most people are going to be asleep when shit goes bad in Seattle. So it's really lost. It's lost steam on the cable news. Now I'm at work more now. So I, I, I can only see it when I get home. But it definitely felt like there was more of an intensity to it last week in the coverage than this week. I mean, I don't follow cable news. What are they talking about right now? I, I, I just put it on. Like, I usually play Tetris on my couch and just have it on in the background. Cornell West was on uh, Anderson Cooper last night. Yeah, really I saw good. that. It was Talk really, really West. good. Uh, it's been, cable news has been interesting because I don't ever watch cable news, but I've watched it recently during this when I can't find a good live feed because it's they are good at hopping around oh, on the cable news. It. That's really all it's for. I, I, uh, I, I threw on, last week I threw on uh, alternatively ABC, CBS, CNN, and ABC. Yeah. Uh, just toss them around. But it's it's been nice the last couple like the last couple of weeks because it's been all black voices. Oh. Like any any person they're talking to, it's like it's black voice after black voice after black voice giving opinions on this like adam server was on uh he was on uh last night with uh Lawrence o'donnell i guess yeah that's his name he was on there like i said cornell west was on like it's just been all these black voices on all these shows when typically they're not all of them are left out of conversation but they're not asked to speak as often as they've been asked to speak now so it's you can definitely see the change there uh it's definitely been black week back black guest week on cable news but it's definitely I've definitely noticed like the, the the narrative is gone because so much of it is it's more interesting to show people breaking into stores than people asking for, you know, basic human rights. Ugh. <laughs> Man. <laughs> like the fucking NFL with their fuck oh my god, I can't believe the NFL put out anything. Oh they, man. They had to. Everybody's doing it. Every oh. brand. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the NFL, man. Fuck I'm so glad I don't want, I'm so breaking up with the NFL. To me, in my head, the two decisions I made in my life that were the sort of best in terms of just generating peace and constant reminders of how good a decision it was, was deleting Facebook and not watching football. Yeah. Like, it constantly, it's a constantly reaffirming choice. It's, it's, I'm so glad I made those. Man, I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. Do we want to talk about Drew Brees? Fuck yeah, fuck Drew. Yeah, okay. um, well, well, oh man, I want to say fuck Drew Brees, but I feel like in the spirit no, of this, fuck, should fuck it? Drew Brees. No, fuck, fuck Drew Brees. No, fuck yeah. Drew Brees. Yeah, fuck Drew Brees. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins is like his teammate. He's been on cable news a lot. Yeah, uh, he yeah, was the good. first person to come out and say, "Man, shut the fuck up." Like just, he said that to his quarterback. Uh, it's it's uh. Fucking Drew Brees, the best thing he could have done was not have said anything. And he, like, what's humorous to me is when you go back and you watch what he said, he thought that was the safest possible thing he could say. <laughs> you think that's what it was? You think yes. it was just. No, he thought, like, okay, like. The, the safest possible citing, way to side with conservatives. Yes. The safest thing. Because he's like, this won't be too offensive to black people. No, I'm, not, I'm not against the protest. I'm against protesting the flag because I'm so American. 
anything that's against America hurts me, I hopefully you can understand it. Understand I think that's, that. I think that's weak ass conservatism, not safety. A safe play is just like uh, these are troubling times, togetherness, discriminating is wrong, like it, real bland, not talking about race specifically, just talking about like, you know, like togetherness broadly, stronger together, something like that. Like, please get along. That's the safest, weakest shit. I think this is just a way to be against Black Lives Matter in a soft, pussyfoot kind of way. Well, yeah, but that was safe like a week ago. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, like, you that's know. true. <laughs> yeah. Fucking 2020 is crazy, yeah, man. It's like, that's the thing. <laughs> that's that was so safe. That was fine. <laughs> yeah. Read the, read the room, fella. Yeah, because remember, shit was like, he said that this shit day was, one. He said this before the police station got burned down. He said this before shit popped off. <laughs> man, I, man I'm, gonna, I'm, not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. Watching that police station burn down was fucking cathartic. It was. It was. It was. It really. It. It's. It's the iconic moment that really kickstarted this whole thing. That changed shit. That, that showed. Happened, that showed people like they. they the cops thought it was going to go one way, but it went the other way. They thought it was going to show, look at how lawless these people are. And instead, it lit a fire in yeah. everyone who saw that shit. It was All, like, oh, shit, we are doing dude, something. Dude, I, there are moments where I of hope where I'm like, man, every all 50 states had one. Yeah. Like, Fighter, Texas. The last time, Fighter, Texas, and it went Fighter, fine. Fighter, Texas. And it went fine. Yeah. And uh, the last time that all 50, all the states, the last time all of the states agreed on something was fuck England. That's the last time we've all been on the same page. And it was less states then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck England was an easier sell than fuck racism. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, not, it's, it seems so common sense. And I'm still amazed we're here. I'm <laughs> here where the murder of George Floyd, and I think Bomani said it great, as he always does. This was so egregious, like so egregious. You have to break your brain in a way to make like for you not to be upset watching that. You know what I mean? Like this, it was so bad. Like it was so unequivocal. What happened to that man? That you, you, like, you can't not be openly racist and be like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> you know, like, every complaint that black people have had for uh, ever is just boiled into this one moment. And I think a lot, like, a lot of why this particular moment blew up is because this was, like, the third one in a week. You know, like, this was the third major thing we had had happen in a week. And then you see that, and it was just like, no, this is, no, fuck this. Like... It really, it really struck a nerve with uh, a lot, a lot of people. In a way, I, I, I in a way, it, the thing that hurts me the most is that he's dead. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't want that to get lost. It was nice that they had the funeral, but he's he's dead. Like his over, family will never see him. He's over, gone. Over a possibly fake twenty dollar bill. Maybe. Yeah, we still don't know if it was fake or not. I don't care because he should still be alive. Yeah. 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 I just think if I got caught with a counterfeit 20, I'd be like, oh, man, it's not my fault. What, what, look at me. Do I look like I can get a counterfeit 20? It's, it's so Somebody easy. scammed it's, me, you know? 
I, it's so easy to get a fake twenty and not know it. We've yeah, had a, we've had it. fake money constantly. We've we've turned in fake money to the bank as a business because we didn't catch it. Yeah. Like we didn't catch it yeah. in any of our processes. And sometimes they're easy to spot. Sometimes they're not. But here's what happens when you turn in a fake uh, twenty to a bank: the Secret Service shows up because that's who handles that. Yeah. Wow. That's who actually handles that is the Secret Service. Whoa. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's actually the Secret Service. So if he had given that store of fake 20, the Secret Service would have investigated and figured that shit out. Those cops should have just, like... Okay, here's a funny t- tangent. Has anybody talked about the person who called the cops about the 20? Oh, I don't know, no. We don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about him, no. We just know what store it was, but we don't know anything about him. Huh. You know? Like, that hasn't come up at all. Like, huh. the person called because they said a forgery in progress was the call but we haven't like we don't i don't know anything about the owner of the store uh the person who actually made the call why they were suspicious of the 20 like we don't know anything about them man you know what that makes me think of and it's fucking that amy cooper story which feels like it happened years ago now yeah and that was right before this that was one of the incidents like the day before like Mm -hmm. the day before and another one where it was so egregious where it's like, you can't, like, how yeah. can you argue with what you're seeing, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> you always yeah. want to prove here it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, and too, like, and I think also, like, we can't forget George Floyd and we can't forget it's more than George Floyd. Like, yeah. Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, Eric Garner, mm-hmm. Tamir Rice, you can just go on forever. All the way back to fucking Jimmy Lee Jackson in the 60s, who started, like, George Floyd is going to be, is, like, in the unfortunate role of being Jimmy Lee Jackson somehow. Yeah. Uh, You know, and Tamir Rice is, we're going to look back, we're going to look back at Trayvon as the current, um, as as the current Emmett Till. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, It's, uh, Trayvon is what radicalized me. But there's so many moments I've always like I had I've always tried to think of like it's not it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. It's like one of those things where it's a truth, but it's sad. It's that white people seem to always like us more when we're dead. Because if you think about how many it's like if if you go to I'm sorry, white people, if you go to a white person and you say, name me 10 alive black people and 10 dead black people, which (laughs) one would they figure out first? Okay, I am not reacting because you said that to me. In mid, <laughs> I know. In, in mid-medical talk, because yeah. I got a medical marijuana card, so I'm doing this for my health, y'all. And I, this is not the reaction you're probably listening, but I fucking started no. laughing. I know. I because know. I know they can't. And yeah. I want to do it to some, I want to I wanna do it, I want to do that to some, to some people. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> Take it. I think the man heard your fucking black people joke. Like, how many black people can you count? They're like, how about, how about you count how much internet you don't got now? Fuck, man, yeah. 
Yeah, Comcast is out in my area right now, so <laughs> they fucking silence my ass quick. Hey, man. Hey, you know what? Hey, welcome <laughs> to the audience. I'm glad, I'm glad to expand our listener base, <laughs> Mr. The Man. Yeah. I'm gonna be on a list now. <laughs> hey man, it's nice to it's it's always nice if someone knows your name, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Watch out uh, for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So all right, so moving moving along. So one thing I've been thinking about yeah. a lot, we've been talking about sort of on text and shit, is like you know, how can you, how do, like, first of all, there's this amazing energy. It's something like Marvel, like, man, like, look at what black people have done. Like, it's, it's so amazing. Like, there's, there's just, like, they fucking cut the head off a statue today. They tore another statue down. Like, I'm just like, yes, mm-hmm. tear it down. Bring it all down. And I'm just like, well, fuck, man, I can't go out, because I normally would. I can't go out because my wife is high risk for COVID. So mm-hmm. I can't go out. Like it's yeah. just like she, it, she's on the high list group for people that are like immunocompromised. So mm-hmm. like I can't. Same. I'm I'm having surgery tomorrow, so I haven't been able to go out. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So how do we support from a distance, and what do we do next? It's questions like this, right? Because mm-hmm. all that shit I've been talking about. This I wish I'd been born in the '60s. Now the '60s have come to me. But I always assumed I'd be like 19 in the 60s, mm-hmm. not 39, right? So whatever yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. different. So I got to yeah. imagine what my contribution is going to be. And I've been really trying to, like, imagine what that can be, man. Like, maybe, like, I don't know what it, what to do. And it, it gives me some angst. Like, so far, I've been doing my best to, like, re- like, I know this is one of those things, but, like, I saw a thread that was talking about this. It's actually really important to retweet videos, right? Get mm-hmm. the videos going. Retweet all the videos you can that's mm-hmm. important. Like, get one click is actually matters. And so I've been doing that a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which is thankless and super unsatisfying because you feel like you're just doing nothing and a real good way to just traumatize yourself because you yeah. don't watch those. But, I've yeah. been, but there's been good compilations out there. I've shared with other people and they're sharing them on Facebook. And people are having conversations and it's like that, that we got to use the viral network to our advantage if for no other reason it's a tool. And maximize what you can, what it can do, even if what it can do isn't much. I've also, I talk about here a lot. My fucking fun money comes from playing poker. All half my poker winnings have been going to fail funds. Okay. Uh, I've donated to four of them because I, I went on a nice little run there. Yeah. Um, so financial support, obviously, at some point we're gonna start talking about like a COVID financial support system because in about in about a week and a half we're gonna start seeing some problems. Oh, we're we're already there. Yeah, we're hitting the reopening. Texas. The yeah. reopening spike is hitting now. Yeah. The the protest spike is probably going to start next week. Yeah. But this could also be, like, this spike is also the smaller open-up protest as well. Because that was only less than a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, man, also, it was man, also close. God, God. Like, this is how we react when fucking black and brown people ask, hey, man, don't kill me. Yes. And we react like nothing when it's like, motherfuckers, I got an AK here and I want a fucking blooming onion and somebody well, better I give mean, it to me. They know who they work for. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like I said, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Fucking 2020. Work for and live with. Talk about all the community policing. They are community policing. They're protecting mm-hmm. their community. They're protecting their community, which ain't the one <laughs> which We're ain't not in they it. work. Yeah. We're not in not. it. No. They're making sure we stay out. 
Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm like you. I've been retweeting. I've given money to a couple of things. Uh, not much. Not much as I, I would have pre-corona, but I'm just trying to help any little way I can. I'm trying to be a voice where I can. I've really opened my mom's eyes about a lot of stuff because she she still trusts the news. But she she trusts she trusts TV news because she's like she grew up in an era where you could trust the news because they had to be impartial or you know there were certain standards in place even though that was still as broken or at least expectations exactly exactly the biggest the biggest day like I've actually visited my mom the day Trump did his stunt Bible stunt the yeah the Bible stunt I was at her house as it was happening. And so she had it on, like she's flicking between the two news channels because this is still super huge. Uh, this was like after this was afternoon on a Monday, so I'm visiting her, and we see the whole progression. So she actually got to see because she was like she was complaining about the looters. She was like, you know, as we're taught to do, like you know, like I can't, I can't. People now are seeing that it's it's a it's a pattern and it's a tool that they use to subjugate us, but the moment that happened she like you couldn't argue with what you were seeing it was a peaceful protest being moved for a political stunt and so and really open eyes he's like yeah like no it, it is like this every time this is like every time we've had riots 68 nine and 90s now ferguson every time it's this, it follows the same pattern people are protesting cops agitate things get broken news only talks about the things are broken because ultimately what that narrative is, is you see, we have to kill them. They're violent. And it's, it's the same thing. But now, uh, thankfully, it seems like that narrative is being broken because the cops are so violent. And uh, they're clearly also in on the looting. Like, I've seen so many yeah. videos of them oh, instigating yeah. looting. Yeah. Or clearly, we've all seen them with their fucking armbands. Like, oh, they're yeah. out there fucking yeah. starting it. Yeah, They're starting it. They're definitely yeah. starting the fights with protesters. They start those. absolutely, absolutely because they can. Like yeah. if you're a police officer, you can start a fight with whoever the <laughs> fuck you want because you're yeah. always in the right. You have qualified immunity, and you have uh, people who will lie no matter what you've done to cover your ass. It's a great gang to be in. If you want to commit crimes, become a police officer. It's like yep. legit the easiest way to do it. It's the easiest right. way to rape somebody. Easiest way to kill somebody easiest way to steal from somebody it's the easiest way to do a lot of things, awful things yeah for yeah. sure 1000 yeah. yeah it really is it really is and i but saw I, and i saw mm-hmm. you know i saw because i anticipate the immediate reaction to that is like yeah. well that's the whole bad apples argument right mm-hmm. that's a few bad apples first of all the rest of that phrase is spoils the bunch so if you have bad apples you have to get rid of the whole barrel that's the point of not having bad apples. Mm-hmm. First of all, motherfuckers who don't finish metaphors. Like that's how that <laughs> fucking old timey ass shit goes. And I know you love old timey ass shit. <laughs> Number two, along those lines, and I saw a, I think it was I'm pretty sure it was a tweet that I was like was really sort of the best clapback to that logic. Is if you have let's set a number, one percent of all cops are, are taking advantage of that. Most are acting in good faith. All right? Mm-hmm. That would mean ten out of a thousand. That means you have 990 good cops and 10 bad ones. But if those 190 do nothing with the 10 bad ones, you have 1,000 bad cops. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. That's it. Of yeah. many problems. Mm-hmm. Well, it really is. It, it really is. And just the, 
the anger that they have shown this week, like with all these union heads, like, where are you calling? Like, you're treating us like animals. Like, we're trying to hold you accountable. Yep. We All we've done is said, hey, maybe don't beat up protesters. Hey, maybe don't tear gas protesters. Hey, maybe don't just kill black people. That's too much. Like, that's too much accountability. It's, it's or, or how about this? Keep track of how many people you've killed. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have to. Yeah. No. Or how many complaints there are against you. Or it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it, we, we, it needs a lot of work. And the only way, the, and the only way things really change is when people, is with violence. And violence works. Uh, and is working here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the protests are working. The protesters MLK, are working. Hey, MLK said it, man. A riot is a language of the unheard. Mm-hmm. If you have riots, you got to look at the oppressor first. Mm-hmm. And it's fitting that Trump has has given us a comic book villain to root against. I also <laughs> think that plays a lot into it, you know? It's like, he's he's the face of this evil. He's become the face of this evil, like, yeah. as he would want. But he's given us something to root against. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sort of, I walk a fine line with that one myself, because you're right. I also fear that he's going to become, like, the personification of it and not what he really is just as his current inheritor right he's just the current holder of that Mm -hmm. he's not well and he sort of revels in it because he's an egomaniac mm -hmm. but like he's not that functionally different from most american presidents we got to think about we got to start thinking if we're going to have a real conversation we got to think about structures and that's a Mm -hmm. structure that leads to that presidency Mm -hmm. not a person and i'm afraid people will forget that I, I actually think they will because it's the thing about the oppressors. They're not going to stop. There is no easy win. It's like it's easy to think when uh, like you go back to Nixon. Nixon got taken down by journalism and he wasn't in peace. But like the, the will of the people was that like, took him down. But all it really did was set us up for Reagan to come in and fuck us. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. like any any time you any time like Trump can be this big villain. If he loses the election, people will see it as this victory, and then the oppressors get to work. Yeah. It's like okay, oh, oh, so sure. that one failed. Here we go. How can we start the oppression again a different way? And hoping I feel like this generation Gen Z gets that. I think they. I think sometimes we when we imagine racism, right? Yeah. We think of it as as in terms of strategy, like it's the Death Star. We just gotta hit yeah. that blow. Do that one thing and it's it. yeah. Hit the center pole and find it, but it's not like that. It's no. it's amorphous and pervasive. It's more like I'm gonna go ahead and use this metaphor as problematic as it is, a disease you control, find hot breaks and treat. Because mm-hmm. that's that's how the reality of racism is. Yeah. And if we're gonna be serious about obliterating racism, which everyone loves to say they're on board with. Even the fucking conservatives who are clearly generating it, but also the liberals, and no one ever fucking does shit about it, really. It's not, at least not since like I can remember 60s, 70s. Definitely not in my lifetime. Right? No, not in our lifetime. So, but it feels like we're back in a moment where like we're actually doing it because the, the civil rights movement certainly didn't um, change the structure of America, but I think it did create enough positive gains to create a new threshold from which to battle. Mm-hmm. Right, like a, mm-hmm. a higher, high, a more fortified position up on higher ground. 
mm-hmm. which is you have to have. You have to have those instrumental new thresholds, new plateaus for which to establish a new base camp. And I think that's mm-hmm. what they gave us, and we're seeing it now in a beautiful way. However, I'm also worried about the energy dissipating and that this is just going to be a sort of passionate lunge, and then it's just going to crest like a wave. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of what can be done to maintain this. And we have to think about, remember, the civil rights movement, it fucking it took 10 years, first of all. Yeah, the part oh, no, that was, we, they worked a very the part, long time. The part we call the civil rights movement took 10 years. There was 10 years before that no one talks about, 10 years after yeah. that no one talks about, and arguably it goes all the way back to fucking the Constitution. So, yes, like, yes. like, let's even just, this, that this moment is also brought to you by people who have been working for decades yeah. to get to this moment like yeah. this is this is an ongoing fight there have been people doing this for decades right. and this is this is also coming from their hard work it's yeah not yeah gonna, yeah this is spontaneous this this moment feels spontaneous and in many ways it is because so many factors lined up that allowed to happen but it also is a result of certain cultural factors lining up to allow it to happen. So I'm deliberate adding pressure from the oppressor, but also building up networks underneath to push back mm-hmm. to, to generate the tension, like almost like two, like almost like two bodies of air, like a low pressure system and a high pressure system hitting. Mm-hmm. And you have to generate that low pressure system to combat the high pressure system. And when they meet, you get a storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we got to remember that that you have to we have to make these happen. Yep. Um, and so I like that. And but the, the, the civil rights movement often militated around the specific goals, right? Um, buses, um, and segre- uh, school segregation. So that needs to start crystallizing. It feels like defunding is going to win out of all the things I've seen. It is uh, definitely it's definitely the biggest like the rally right thing. Now. It feels like that's the one that's the most immediately achievable. Mm-hmm. It's a logic that understands we're not going to knock unbuild rope in a day, right? We're going to have to chip away, and you hit them in the wallet because that's our money. And if you're going to be fucking like acting like this, we're taking our money back. I'm not paying for you to treat me this way. Yeah. So I like the inherent logic of that, and I'm on mm-hmm. board with defunding. Uh, of course, I'm always worried that it's going to be like like the defunding happening here is like a fraction. It's like fuck, but fine, I'll take that back. I'll take, I'll claw back everything I can get. I, I'm not yeah. settling. I'm doing this and then i'm going back in to get more right Mm -hmm. the fight will continue and it feels like this this sort of this group of people understands that what do you think about that i also have a fear but i don't i won't get to that yet right now i'm staying with hopes what do you how are you feeling generally about what i what i just said or something else generally okay so i guess in the the question of like keeping this mm -hmm. going yeah i think so i think the foundations are there i think this what what this moment is is going to change i think it's going to change because i it's trump i don't know if you saw the recent announcement he's having a rally next week yeah have you seen yeah. that I'm have you seen June where and when have you seen where where oh tulsa. Fuck, yeah, tulsa yeah motherfucker but the re- the reason he's doing that is in my opinion is he knows there's going to be a counter protest to this because it's so like, oh, fuck you. One, the protests, this now gives the protest reason to stretch to next Friday. If they are dying down, there will definitely be something next Friday now outside of his rally. This feels like he, a call to arms for him is a stadium full of his supporters and people outside who are against him, which sounds like a definitely it sounds like a, the right combination for a violent stand down. 
Okay, can I, I'm going to pause you because I want to clarify yeah. for readers two things. If you don't know why these two references are so important, Juneteenth is the is Emancipation Day, right? June 19th. It's uh, it's the day uh, emancipation reached Texas, which was the last state to find right. out. Right, right, yeah. And um, also, Tulsa, Oklahoma, is the site of 99 years ago the uh, Tulsa massacre, in which KKK basically burned down a whole section of a city of affluent black businesses, killing about 100 people, and it was and nobody did anything about it because Oklahoma mm-hmm. is the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Florida without coastline. That's, and, I think that's generous to Oklahoma. <laughs> I almost feel bad for Florida for saying that. Yeah. Almost, almost. Um, so anyway, continue. This just feels it. One, it's it's definitely something Stephen Miller was like, hey, I think you should do it here and there. Like it's like he's so racist. He's like, this is the perfect one. It's a per, it's a dog whistle to his base. The, the only base he's really chasing right now is just like I'm only going for the openly racist right now. Um, and then Man, he's gonna win too. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if it matters if he wins. Honestly, uh, I, I don't think he's, I want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it matters if he wins. I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Um, yeah, yeah. It just, he wants there to be violence in the streets. So then he's got the because he he only thinks about how this plays in the media, how this plays on TV. He wants a violent confrontation. That's what he wants because he knows pro- some protesters are going to sneak in and there's going to be violence in the thing, and he's going to riff about it, like knock him out or whatever. He wants there to be this violent situation. It's what he wants. He can't wait to call somebody a thug. No, he can't. Like. And that feels like, to me, next Friday feels like the scariest moment of the protest. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's sort of like, I guess me to the thing I've been thinking about is like, the thing, I, first, <laughs> I'm going to go a long way around for this. Yeah. You don't mind. No, go for is it. The thing that makes me fear most for the movement's long-term energy is co-optation. Right, mm-hmm. turning into something it's not some some obvious shill compromise, right? Settling for some symbolic gesture, right? Like uh, like like a school who like scholarships, you know, some shit like that, right? Um, uh, invest some bank loans, like motherfucker, you should just be given those already, you know? Yeah, like, like act like it's a fucking act of generosity, it's just like here's the bank loan, and and it's gonna be, and, and we can make money off of you. Welcome to the fucking to the trap we're all living in so i worry about that and in that the thing that really worries me most is the election of joe biden as a signal that his version of what this should look like has been chosen by the voters and then when we still protest he's going to be like no you voted for me you have to do it because i fear that if he wins we're not going to get any structural change he's arguably more at fault for the things we're complaining about than Trump is because he's one of the architects of the system that brought us to this, mm-hmm. right? The crime bill and the and, and mass incarceration uh, minimum sentencing. Like he voted for those things. Mm-hmm. The activists are going to put two and two together and be like, I can't vote for eight years of this guy. Like they're just going to vote for someone else or sit it out. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I personally, for that reason, I also don't think I have to worry about it because I don't think he's going to win because he's already just fucking saying dumb shit all the time like his his poll i i would think i i would have thought so but his polling numbers are too crazy like trump still has the huge electoral college uh advantage 
uh, like huge advantage in the electoral college. But Biden's numbers in polling have been so good, I I could see him winning. Now I don't think his winning the election matters anymore, which we we'll get into. But I can't ignore how crazy his poll numbers are. Like I, can. I can't ignore it. I can't <laughs> ignore it because because the polling has been completely right this this cycle. Like it's been it it said he was the clear front runner for the Democratic nomination and he would win it easily, which he did. And polling is polling has been pretty good except for 2016. But even in 2016, the polling was right. Like Clinton won by four percentage points. He lost the Electoral College. Like polling, the polling has still been really accurate. So I actually think the polling is good for for a Biden electoral win. I just don't think it matters uh, I think- because. Yeah. I think that is a sober and pragmatic and realistic view of what could happen in November. But I would counter that's 2019 thinking. And 2020, we think emotionally and we think pessimistically with apocalyptic doom. So I just think that Trump's going to carry all 50 states. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. Fine. That's how I thought in 2016. <laughs> That's what I thought in 2016. But I, I, but I'm, I'm also think I don't, don't get me wrong. I also don't think it matters. I think President Trump will be King Trump by 2021. Uh, so uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I Whoa. think that's where we're headed. Uh, I don't think the election matters. I think there's, I think, I think that the coup may have already happened. We'll probably figure it out in November. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. That, that, but that means he's gonna be there until 2024. No, I don't think he. he but yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't need to win the election to fucking still be in power forever until he dies. You know what I mean? I don't. I think we're past the point of the election mattering. I don't know what you mean. You mean he's gonna not be president and still have the power of president, or he's no, he's no, he's going to. He's going to. He, he, if he loses the election, he's not leaving the White House. He has a paramilitary force. He's not leaving. He's still going to rule. Like he has eroded the government so much that I think it's prime for him to take over as a dictator. That's, and we will that's civil war talk. Yes. No, I think yeah, I think yeah. You're calling think, civil war for twenty twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's yeah. Gonna, we gotta get these Canada job apps out. What's bro? the natural progression of this year? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I was gonna, gonna I thought war. I thought I was talking in apocalyptic doom. <laughs> no. No, no. Look, he already has a paramilitary force. They were standing at the Lincoln Monument think, this week. I think I think if you look at the sort of rhythm of history we're probably that's more end of the decade, I think. I don't think I don't think we're in civil war. I think I think if he lost the election, I don't think he manages a coup. I don't think he pulls it off. I don't think he tries. I think too many people abandon ship. I think it's too soon to play that card. I think you play that card at the end of eight years. When you say the people still want me, I should be allowed to run a third time, and then he refuses to leave because he should be allowed to stay. No, he doesn't. He, he'll, he he'll doesn't have, have that. He doesn't have that opportunity because he's going to lose this election. He has to do it now. Oh, because I don't think he's going to lose this election. Yeah, he has to do it now. He's going to lose this election.
what? Fuck it. I'm just throwing this out there. If Trump or Biden died, that would be just interesting. Let's talk about Mike Pence then. Okay. Oh, wait. Mike for Pence presidency? Oh, man. Do, well, I, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, because Mike Pence, no, because Mike Pence believes he was chosen by God to be president of the United States. What if he kills Trump? He doesn't have to. I mean, he doesn't have to. I mean, Trump will either die or Pence will be elected in the future of Trump, especially if Trump wins the election and he and he does things normally. But Pence, Pence is a is a different kind of evil because he believes he was chosen by God to run the country, which is a terrifying prospect. Uh, fucking Mike Pence is terrifying because he's also more politically savvy than Trump is. Yeah, that's the uh, kind of motherfucker who doesn't give up the throne. No. That's I don't see. See, here's the thing. At the end of the day, I also think Trump's kind of a pussy. I don't think he has it in him, which is why I think we're yeah, got to to take a move like that. I don't think Trump has a stomach for it. I really don't. I yeah no Trump Trump I think Trump's petty enough to to refuse to go because he doesn't like to be seen as a loser. Oh, I, I bet he'll do it. If he'll play chicken with it. I don't think he has the guts to pull the trigger. I don't think he does. We I do see. think that Pence does. I do think that Pence does, though. We shall see. I think he's got the right combination of enablers and smart people who could push him into doing it. Bill Barr is a dangerous man, and Bill yeah. Barr will find a way to make Donald Trump king for life. Or Pence. I don't think they respect Pence. Imagine if they killed Trump, and then they could blame it on Tifa, and then they got Pence, and then it's... it's, it's... I, don't, I don't think... Here's the thing about Pence. Pence I'm is just too thinking about for people now. Yeah, huh? but Pence is too radical for even uh, like moneyed conservatives. Because Pence, Pence is a he's a zealot, or he's like you know, like he's a religious yeah. fanatic. Like he's he's too he's too dangerous for even them. I don't think they give him power. He'd have to get it like by Trump dying, or just he wins the presidency because of Trump in the future. Or, or they sell out for some uh, some chip that he promises them. Maybe, maybe. Privatizing uh, some something, maybe. Yeah. Some big chips. They'll trade. If you give them the right thing, maybe. Look, you give them yeah. the right thing, they will. They'll they're like fuck it. We're yeah. gonna survive. We're all rich. Yeah. We're rich and white. We'll be fine. Like they'll yeah. they'll they'll they they like. I agree that they will see him that way. But if he promises them the right thing, logging rights. I don't know what the fuck it would be. Something none of us have even thought of. Right? Oxygen rights, like an oxygen tax. You know, fucking some way to charge us for breathing because they've already charged us for fucking drinking. Water, yeah. right? Yeah. They find a way yeah. to fucking charge us for that. It'll be some way to charge us for breathing, yeah. like something like that, um, yeah. or just like doing away with all environmental protections. It's I just, mean, Trump's Trump's done a real good job of that so far. Yeah, but just do it in a big like God will see us through way, <laughs> you know? Just like we don't need them anymore, and then a bunch of states will just follow suit because a lot of states are dumb like that, like Missouri, yeah. you know, like Arkansas, like they fall for, they'll fall for that shit. Yeah. Oh, all right, and then if Biden dies, it's Bernie, which I think who would win. Like that's you think, another. Wait, why would it be Bernie? You don't think it'd be Bernie? No. The immediate candidate, if Biden died, who would it be? Uh they go with the centrists because the Democrats. They don't have to go by votes or anything. They can pick whoever they want. Oh man, no way. You don't think they pick? Who would they pick? I guess they probably pick somebody them. like Kamala or. Uh, no, uh, you know what? Yeah, you know who I think you know who I really think they pick. Truth be told, who I think they pick, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, and we're gonna find out she's actually kind of a centrist. 
you I don't think they can pick Warren because like Warren has no here's the thing. Warren has no uh base. You know what I mean? Right. She has no there's she's she's not from a swing state. Like even though Kamala is not, but she's not from a swing state. She's not from like anywhere that's gonna give them a lot of value. And she doesn't have she didn't have a coalition, which is why she didn't get a lot of votes. Kamala got out early enough. I think she might be able to escape that. Buddha Judge is is completely irrelevant now. Told you, you know? called it. Oh yeah, fuck, fuck that guy. He made he made it first. I said he'd make it pretty far, and he did. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I said he'd That's make true. it pretty fucking far. Fair, fair. Uh, right now, I, I just it's especially because of this moment, like this moment. They think I think they go with Kamala. She's the easiest to sell right now. That's an easy sell. I that's, mm-hmm. I give you that. I think yeah. though, I think, I think though that the movement would clearly choose Bernie in that scenario. Uh, they could force them to choose Bernie or some combination ticket. Why do you Bernie. think that though? I don't think so. No, you think no. you think they're gonna you think they want to relive Fannie Lou Hamer? No, I don't. I just don't. I don't see. I think if this primary proved anything, it's that Bernie's support wasn't as strong as we thought it was. Well, that's fair. Which is why, like, just because that part, the Democrat Party is a, is the Republicans of 20 years ago, so they're right. going to pick a Republican to beat Trump because, like, that's they, they just I, did. They just yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I don't, I don't I don't I can't. I, what would? Why would they change now? Which, We've been wanting which, them to change our entire lives. Like but I think, <laughs> but I think you said something earlier that's actually really important here, and you said that it doesn't matter. And I, who the election, and I want to agree that it doesn't matter in a more positive way because I still actually have a lot of hope. Not hope, but hope's not the right word. Hope is so saccharine. Um, like like feeling of strength. I guess I don't know. Because so many people are involved, and it seems like the 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 thought leaders of it seem like they know what's up. It feels like a second civil rights movement at, at a larger scale um, is is the potential we have here, and it feels like it's manifesting. It needs to coalesce around something. But um, it doesn't matter who the next president is, because we're going to protest. No matter who it is, we're going to have to protest that motherfucker too. That's what we have to remember. Yeah. Biden is not our friend. We may vote no. for Biden to um, eliminate Trump. But then Biden is going to get what we're giving Trump to. That's what has to happen because people need to understand that Biden's not an ally. He is at best a solution to a problem. His his biggest advantage is that he's not Donald Trump. Right, right. But he's really trying to fuck that up with his give more money to police solutions and shoot him in the leg bullshit and telling Charlemagne the God you ain't black. Why the fuck is he talking to Charlemagne the God at all? You don't know who that is. Because he's got to get black voters. Oh, and my God. Char- Charlemagne the God is the guy you think all black people listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, one of his white interns needs to fucking be fired for that shit. Because uh, well. that was a terrible <laughs> idea. What are you yeah. doing? You just said, like, Joe Biden, like, stand Yeah, but up. any any interview he does is a bad idea because he yeah. has to talk Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Stay home. Rest up, buddy. We don't need to hear from you. Yeah. Every time you talk, you make it worse. Like we yeah. don't need to hear from you. Let Bernie no. warm up the crowd for you, bud. Like yeah. just stay out of the limelight. Yeah. Old Joe. Uh, he's gonna. <sighs> fuck. Yeah, it's a long time till November. 
he's gonna fuck it up. Yeah, he's gonna fuck no. it up. He's gonna fuck up not being Donald Trump by being Joe Biden. He might. I mean, it's just Trump's so so unpopular. He might not. I mean, if we didn't have an electoral college, he we know he'd win easily. Uh, it's just Trump's advantage is the electoral college, and he has a strong advantage there, and he's an incumbent. So yeah, it's. I'm just. I'm. I'm ready for uh, December. I'm ready for this to be over. Uh, <laughs> I'm just ready for December. Oh man. Yeah. I'll be gone. I'll be gone to November. <laughs> that applies here somehow. I don't know how. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. So I want to close with just a couple things. Yeah. Um. One, I don't know if you got my uh my my DM about this, but like maybe give out some shout outs to some must follow accounts on Twitter because that's been I a really good source of information. Yeah. Uh, what what you got? Uh, so for me, I follow uh, or people I get a lot of value out of following are uh, you just are really writers that I've followed from like Gawker days or just websites or like columnists. So like I love Jamel Bowie. He's one of my favorite follows. Another follow I like uh, is a guy who used to write for the AV Club, or sorry, a woman who used to write for the AV Club. Her name is Rowan Kaiser. Uh, these yeah. are people I usually I follow yeah. Kaiser. Wrote like and Ruth Kaiser is like one of the people like I agree with almost ninety percent of the things that she tweets. Where it's just like, oh my god, like I, like that's one. Uh, I love uh, Perry Bacon Jr. He um, Perry Bacon Jr. writes for Five Thirty Eight. He has one of the more. Um, he looks at uh, he does a lot of polling data. It's like a lot of stuff I've talked about today has been things I've read. Uh, or like I've gotten the ideas from things that I've read that Perry Bacon Jr. has written. Uh, he doesn't tweet a lot, but when he does, he'll share his work. Um, and if you if you follow 538 at all, if he's in the chat, he's going to be the person who's really telling you what you need to know. He's one of my he's one of my favorite follows. I want to uh, shout out to some black women that I follow. So one is OK. So her name is Breonna Prescott Weinstein. Her Twitter handle is at I-B-J-I-Y-O-N-G-I. She's black and Jewish. Uh, She tweets uh, a perspective that I don't have. And she's very, she's very, very smart. Uh, uh, She's one who I I find myself agreeing with 90% of the things that she tweets. Um, So she's, she's one I can recommend, but I don't want to hog it. Please recommend some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of like getting videos out, if you want video, terrible videos, I find okay. uh, I find um, T. Greg Doucette. He's a lawyer in North Carolina. He's got a thread on his page of 400 different clips, just a pin thread on his page. Okay. Um, he's a, that's the white dude. So you want some white allyship right there, man. Collect all that shit for us and just show it to people. Like, that's great. Um, so T. Greg Doucette. And also from the Young Turks, Jordan All and okay. Joshua Potash. All white dudes, all doing their part, all collecting, gathering material and dispersing it and just being a hub of information. Like, it's so helpful, especially because you can easily send it out. Uh, also, okay, so those are great for just information. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of just perspective, I love Benjamin Dixon, who is a um, Bernie organizer and a radical. Okay. Uh, Black Radical, gotta have him. Michael Harriet, he's a senior editor at The Root. Oh, like, I love Michael Harriet. His yes. threads are so good. Oh, like, dude, man. I'm a civil love rights. Michael Harriet. 
I am a civil rights historian, and I learned from Michael Harriet. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just facts, but or like stories. Like the civil rights movement is so complex. There's, you can you can mine for like, but you didn't know about this crazy case, and I didn't, and I'll match it with this crazy case you never heard of because it was happening everywhere all at once, and not every famous, not every important case makes the news, right? Mm-hmm. However, what he also offers. But he's great for those. Like, man, like this one here was super important. You probably never heard of it. I'm like, man, I know so many of those. I didn't know that one. Like, I I love it for that. But Mm -hmm. more I love it because he gives you a great way to think about it. Like, think about the significance of this. And he's he's just really astute at, like, pulling on the threads of history. It's really great. Michael Harriet is awesome. Yes. Uh, uh, Bree Newsom, who is the sister who tore down the fucking Confederate flag. Uh, who sort of started with the sort of civil disobedience, destroying property in a symbolic way. Like, she's an awesome follower because she's also one of those people who's just like a hub for the conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to just do some fun, some joy ones. Rex Chapman, whose voice has become like, we all know him from Blocker Charge memes, but he's actually become a pretty great ally himself in terms of like generating conversation mm-hmm. and being openly like no more sidelines like i know that i'm a fun account but no more sidelines i'm on the side of black lives matter and like i love that choice shay serrano who's just great about collecting money yeah and, he's, and it's fucking shay right and the last one is ben schwartz because ben schwartz is a vocal ally if you don't remember who know ben schwartz is it's ben <laughs> from middle of the ditch and he plays john ralphio on parks and rec and most importantly he plays leonardo on the new ninja turtles and he's fantastic <laughs> um I didn't know that if you told you, but I think I was telling you this. Like, I was on a rewatch of the new Rise of the Ancient Turtles cartoon, mm-hmm. and I noticed that all the human characters are black or Asian. There are no white major characters. There are some white voice actors, two white voice actors for the Turtles, two other voice actors for two black voice actors for two of the other Turtles. In fact, you want to guess? If you were to guess two, which two Turtles were black out of the four, which are the two that you would say are black? Or, or maybe most people would say black. Maybe that'd be a better way. Uh, most people probably uh, probably Raphael and Donatello. Close, Raphael and Michelangelo. Uh, okay. They made Leonardo and Donatello white guys, and okay. or played by white guys. They're just turtles, right? Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Uh, they don't have <laughs> racial identities. Um, no, they don't. But uh, which actually is part of the fun because anybody can be a turtle. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah. So a really diverse cast and April is black and all the the other human characters are black or Asian. And I just thought that was refreshing and it it was real subtle. I didn't even notice it until the second time through. Because Nickelodeon had that moment. Did you see Nickelodeon put out like... Oh, yeah. Pissed off. I also saw the violent or the angry reaction on Twitter. But still, like, playing eight eight minutes of silence Mm -hmm. of just like breathing... And it scared all the kids and made the ask their parents, like, yes, Nickelodeon, yeah. I'm going to give you my business, man. And I started by watching Avatar, which is fucking actually really awesome. I hear it's great. I've never watched it. It lives up to uh, the hype. It lives up to the hype. Yeah. So far. So far, yeah. Uh, I did want to shout out uh, more black women accounts that I follow. All right. Uh, hit, hit, hit me. All right. So I'm going to put these the... out all in a tweet later. I'm going to put Perfect. all the follow accounts. Uh. This one is the Nerdy Esquire with Esquire ESQ. Uh, she is a lawyer here in Houston. Uh, she was down on the ground protesting, so a lot of videos came from her that I saw what was happening in Houston. Uh, super active feed. She uh, she's super funny. Think like she's it's a good account to follow. And then uh, I always got to shout out Jamila Lemieux. 
Uh, oh yeah, she's like she's great. She is. Uh, she will challenge you. I don't want to use the word unapologetic, but she she she's she will confront people like she's not she's unafraid. Jamila is is a great follow. I also want to shout out just uh, nerdy black chicks who have anime podcasts that I follow uh, <laughs> that I do that I do not listen to because I do not give a shit about anime, but they're funny. Like these chicks are funny. Uh, one is Quirky Jerk, and then the other is Tattoos and Lipstick. Oh man, I'm gonna follow both of those. Yeah, I follow all of these. Uh, and. Uh, just fun accounts to follow. Uh, usually you'll see like just some random funny shit. They're all like, especially the last two, they're both, they're way younger than me. Like or they're in their twenties or early twenties. So a lot of the shit they post is like the new humor that kids are doing. So it, it helps me keep up kind of with the youth culture, uh, but not in a way where I'm going to ever try to imitate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get down on that. Uh, yeah. A couple accounts. I'll shout out some writers. Um, Elizabeth Bruning, a local Texan, a burner, um, a dope white lady. We need more like her. She wrote um, this amazing piece about Texas reopening, and she talked about how Texas bravado, I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but Texas bravado when corralled is bravery and when unleashed is recklessness. And this is like, she said it more eloquently than that, but I was like, man, there's Texas spirit defined right there. And um, Mark Lamont Hill, who wrote Nobody yes. and was on forever. Um, I met him once. I'm sure he doesn't remember. He was just the fucking nicest guy. Yeah. I signed my book. He was so nice. Um, and uh, and um, and I think that's all I got. I can't remember any of the top of my yeah. head right now. I, there's going to be plenty of others, but uh, those yeah. are the ones that I've been like have been really feeding me lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twitter, man. Twitter's been a what? I would it's guess, a resource. I would it's say, a resource. Yes, and we gotta maximize it. Yes, it's. This has been the perfect event for Twitter because yeah. you get live what's happening on the street. Uh, you get real news, like because I think I use Twitter as a news resource. Like I, I really do. Yeah. Like I, most news I, I get comes from Twitter. Yeah, I have been doing that more and more. Yeah. And I, I mean, there was a time it would be embarrassing to say that, but I am not embarrassed to say, like, no, no I get a lot of news from Twitter. Because I follow you, people who are journalists. Right. And you get to see events happening before the narrative takes over. You mm-hmm. get to see, like, the raw. Mm-hmm. And, like, and sometimes, like, man, I don't know what I'm looking at or, like, what am I, am I following the right stuff? Which conversation is the right conversation? Where are the biases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could deconstruct Twitter forever for all the obvious reasons. But mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm ahead of narratives. Like I'm ahead of the yep. curve stuff mm-hmm. happening. And I find it invaluable for that. So, yeah. And it also becomes, because I follow enough news accounts, that it sort of becomes a collator of news for me. Mm-hmm. And it lets me, like I follow, I don't know, 15 different papers. And it mm-hmm. lets me... A sort of browse in a way that is feed-based, that doesn't let any one voice crowd out any others. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one kind of voice does. That's probably true for everybody because we all end up creating filters, yeah. even when we resist creating filters. But you know, so be it. Yeah. I trust myself more than I trust someone else to tell me what to think. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, with that, bro, we are we're all set, man. Good luck tomorrow. All right. I'll be, I'll be thank you, sir. About, I'll be thinking about you. Let me know that you're Appreciate doing all right. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. All right, all right. All right.